Life Audio. We need to lay down our agenda daily and say, okay, Lord, what is the agenda you have for me today? And there is real beauty in that. There's really a spirit of adventure in that. You know, following Jesus is, is truly, truly a wonderful, wonderful adventure. adventure. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to quiet anxiety and fear, big and small. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience His freedom. I would love to connect with you online or to speak at your next event. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with me. Before I launch into today's discussion, I wanted to invite you to some powerful Lent experiences designed to help you more deeply connect with Christ. The first is hosted by the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast, where beginning February 14th, my team and I will be leading you chronologically on a journey through Christ's death to his resurrection. And for my newsletter subscribers, make sure to visit your subscriber's exclusive folder to download a correlating daily Bible reading plan. Finally, I wanted to invite you to join me on Facebook or Instagram for short inspirational video messages also during Lent that I hope will be especially encouraging for those who've experienced deep soul wounds. You'll find links to my Instagram and Facebook page along with a newsletter sign-up link in the show notes. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Jennifer Slattery, and I've experienced numerous circumstances that left me feeling ill-prepared, insufficient, and overwhelmed by my challenges and my problems. And when I'm in that space, I'm tempted to pull back, to pursue what feels safe, comfortable, and certain. But God wants us to live with courage, freedom, and purpose. And he's given us everything we need by the incomprehensible power of the Holy Spirit to experience the full thriving and history-making life that he's called us to. And my guest today, Becky Harling, is a beautiful example of what happens when we recognize that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead resides within us. And then we learn to live from that reality. Becky, I am so thrilled to have you back with us. Hey, it is great to be with you, Jen. And you know, I myself have survived a lot of really hard things, including trauma. And so I love this topic because the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
changes everything. Amen. (laughs) Becky Harling is an author, a speaker, and certified coach with the John Maxwell team, and she's co-host of the Connected Moms podcast. She helps those looking to move beyond their personal obstacles to live life intentionally with purpose and passion. She offers mastermind classes and seminars on leadership, communication, and personal growth. She also offers personal coaching for those looking to grow emotionally, professionally, or spiritually. And I'm just going to give a little plug here. If you are dealing with trauma, the effects of trauma, she would be a great person to, and you really want a spiritual, you want to invite Jesus into your healing. She would be a great person for that. When she's not writing, speaking, or podcasting, or coaching, you'll likely find her enjoying time with her husband, Steve, her children. She has four or her grandkids. She has 14. They're adorable. And she's written numerous books and Bible studies, including her most recent, Our Father, A Study of the Lord's Prayer, a six-week Bible study, which actually she was on here talking about. I don't know. When was that? Becky, do you remember? I actually don't remember because I did so many interviews about that particular Bible study. Yes. Well, it's an awesome study. And Becky, having read your insightful work, knowing you personally, including all all that you've overcome and all that you accomplished. I knew, I knew I wanted you back to talk on this topic. And I believe it's absolutely transformational once grasped, because while I won't presume to speak for anyone else, I can say for years, I lived as a defeated Christian, like a a victim to my circumstances and to my emotions, simply because I didn't realize the power that I possessed in Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely, Jen. You know, I did too. And I think there was this narrative in my head that said, work harder, you know, run faster, be stronger, be an overcomer. Now, in my own personal story, I mean, looking in from the outside, people would say, oh, she's an overcomer, right? Because I am a breast cancer survivor. I'm a childhood sexual abuse survivor. I So, Yes, I have survived all that, but it's been the power of Jesus Christ working within me. I'll never forget a bunch of years ago, my husband was given this box and it's it was an old box where they used to store dynamite, you know, and it, it said dynamite on the box. And when he was teaching about the dunamos, the power of the resurrection, you know, he brought out this box and it's such a great illustration because the power of Jesus' resurrection is all powerful, like a dynamite explosion. Right. And I think sometimes I will, and I'm try, I have to remind myself not to, I will tend to kind of read a lot of passages that talk about, you know, Ephesians chapter one and chapter I three. I love talks, Ephesians. Yes. Yes. And it talks about how we have resurrection power and I'll read that and I'm like, oh, okay. And I can treat it like a hyperbole instead of like pausing and recognize, actually, you know, I'm going to read from Ephesians, if that's okay. That's great. You know, it's interesting because I've been camping out in Ephesians the last couple of weeks. So go ahead. It's actually, I, to our listeners, it is one of the most beautiful books, especially I think if you have deep hurts and shame and you really need to anchor your identity in Christ and the power available through him. Yes, I agree. So this is Ephesians 1, verse 3, and then also verses 17 to 21. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I like to just kind of every spiritual blessing, right? (laughs) And then 
he went on to write, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. That is such a powerful passage. Yes, it is. And one of the things that I love about it, Jen, is that we are now seated in Christ, with Christ, in the heavenlies, which means that Satan and all of his minions and all of that evil is under our feet because we're seated in Christ. It's an interesting study to go all the way through the book of Ephesians and circle every time it says in him. We are in Christ, right? And, you know, in our culture, we tend to depend on competence and control, right? So we think, okay, I want to be transformed into the image of Christ, So as a believer, that means I need to go to church, I need to tithe, I need to read my Bible, I need to pray. And we're looking oftentimes, I think, at our own competence. Right. And yet we are not competent for spiritual transformation. That is the work of the risen Christ in us and the Holy Spirit. And it's through his power that we are transformed day by day to become more like Jesus. I love you talked about how we have more power in us than Satan, our spiritual enemy and all of his, his, and he's defeated. I was actually just this morning, I was reading in John chapter 13 and where it talks about in verse two, and it says the Satan had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. And then the very next verse, it says, and I'm paraphrasing, Jesus knew that he was going to the father and all things like he had all authority. And he, so he knew his mission, he knew his power, he knew who he was. And as I thought about that passage and the whole scenario and my life, there are so many times I think I let the devil set the agenda. And I'm borrowing actually Dr. Neil T. Anderson's phrase when I say that, letting the devil set the agenda, because I can be in that moment and it can look like evil is winning, right? Yeah. But when I read- All you have to do is turn on the evening news. Right, right, right. Go ahead. Right, or or even in our own personal lives, we can be in the middle of a really dark scenario. And for Jesus, this was a really dark scenario. And yet two things that that were really powerful as I, I meditated on that passage this morning is one, evil wasn't winning, actually. He was still, Jesus was still driving his plan forward. And then second, he didn't let the devil set the agenda in that. I think if, if it had been me, and so he, scripture tells us that Jesus was betrayed by actually someone in his close circle. And if it had been me, and someone betrayed me like that, that would have hijacked the rest of the evening, right? But Jesus remained focused on the meal, on that precious time with his disciples and giving them everything. He didn't forfeit what he had planned because somebody else was malicious towards him. Yeah. You know what I love about that story, Jen, is Judas, even though he betrayed Jesus, he couldn't thwart the father's plan. 
right? Because it was the father's plan that his son go to the cross. Now, even if Judas had not betrayed Jesus, the father's plan was that Jesus was going to go to the cross. It just right. would have been a whole lot better for Judas right. had not done that, right? right? But what I love about that is I think a lot of our listeners, maybe like yourself, like myself, have been through trauma or abuse of some sort, or some kind of really challenging and difficult circumstances that make it so that they deal with maybe a lot of self-doubt, or maybe the evil one whispers in their ear, you can't, and they tend to sink under that. Well, here's the thing about the crucifixion. Jesus experienced on that cross all the trauma that we would ever experience. Right. And I know for me that that's life-giving because right. when Jesus says, I understand, he really understands and he needed to die before there could be a resurrection, right? And, and I think that that is informative in our lives, not that somebody's going to torture us or something like that. I, but I think there is this call to continually lay down what's really important to us in favor of whatever Jesus is calling us to. And, you know, Eugene Peterson said in order for there to be the resurrected life, there has to be a death first. And sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that. Right. And actually, could you just expand on that? Like, what might that look like in the day to day? Like for those who like death of what? Like you're saying I need to physically die. Like, what are you saying? I would love to expand on that. I think one of the areas that this plays out is let's suppose for a minute that some of our listeners came from a background similar to mine, maybe where they were abused. So the messages that I took from that were, you know, I, I'm not worthy. I have to run faster and try harder to prove that I'm worthwhile, right? So it goes back to that competence and control. The other message I latched onto as a result of that is I have to have control in order to be saved. Well, both of those are lies, right? Because Jesus says that I am holy, precious, and dearly loved because of what Jesus did, right? And, and in this passage in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 18 to 24, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to me day by day, moment by moment. So when I'm tempted to run after achievement, accomplishment, not that it's wrong to achieve or accomplish, but if that becomes the main thing in my life, it becomes an idol, right? And so I need to be able to say, Lord Jesus, even though I would like to achieve and accomplish, whatever you have for me today is enough. You know, maybe that means today I love my neighbor well, or I rock a grandbaby well, or I serve a meal to somebody that's in need. I just think there needs to be this continual, like, Lord, it's not my will. It's yours that I want. Right. And expanding on that, Last year and the year before, I sensed God calling me. He was wanting to do some really deep stuff in me. Yeah. And it was very time consuming. And there, and I didn't know when that would end. Like every day I would sense him saying, like, just put that aside and come sit with me. Put that aside and come sit with me. Listen to praise music, read scripture. It, I, I had to die to my agenda first and also yes. found myself wrestling with a fear what if God never has me pick up like this book that is due, right? Or what if he never has me pick up these responsibilities? 
can I still trust him to be good and all of those things? But like you said, Becky, there was such beauty in that experience. He took care of everything. I didn't know it when I yielded it to him. Sometimes I think we want that guarantee. We're like, okay, sweetie, if if you put aside your calendar and your agenda, then in a year from now, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. Like he doesn't do that with me. It was in the yielding too that it made, it helped me to become more alert to the places where I had replaced him, I guess. Yeah. And it's so easy to replace him. We don't want to, but we're so distracted by everything. Right. And I I mean, I think we can make an idol out of our work. Like, okay. I love the word that you use, Jen, agenda, because we all have an agenda, right? We sometimes have an agenda in our marriages and it's like, I have this agenda for my husband and it's like the Lord may say, no, 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 you know, I'm at work in his life. I'm at work in your life. You know, you, you, we need to lay down our agenda daily and say, okay, Lord, what is the agenda you have for me today? And there is real beauty in that. There's really a spirit of adventure in that. You know, following Jesus is truly a wonderful adventure, you know, even when life is hard. Right. Because if we never had the hard things, maybe we wouldn't really value the resurrection right. like we need to. For me, it's always in those places where I've been treading water for so long. And it starts to climb to my chin and my head starts to sink. And I'm like, I know I can't make it anymore. And then that is when usually a breakthrough follows because that is precisely when I'm like, okay, I can't do this. And I feel like, I feel like God's like, I already knew that darling. And, and then I, I seek him more, more desperately and his wisdom, his strength, his power than I would if I hadn't been, if I was able to just tread water and maintain on my own, I don't know if I would seek him in the same way. The beauty of it is then when God does something marvelous in our lives, he gets all the glory, right? Because that's what he wants, you know? And I remember times in my life too, where I've said, Lord, I can't do this, you know? And it's almost like I can sense the Lord saying, good, because you're not supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to do it through you. And that's really what it means to live in that resurrection power, tapping into the power source. You know, it's kind of like my computer. My computer doesn't have power unless I plug it in, right? right? If my computer just says, hey, I can do all this on my own, it's going to die in a little bit, you know, (laughs) so I've got to plug it into the power source. Right, right. And two, as we kind of wrestle with those things, that's just an opportunity to say, okay, why am I fearful here? What lie is feeding this fear that's making it so I'm wanting to keep treading water, even though God has this boat, right? He's like, I'm going to drive the boat. I'm going to take you through the storm. Come sit with me. So what is it within me? It's an opportunity to, to discover those places where maybe Jesus needs to go deeper. Yeah, I think a good illustration of this is, you know, in the Old Testament, God called his people to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And really, when you think about that command, it goes against 
everything we believe here in America, right? Because in America, it's go after the American dream, accomplish, 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 you know, really our work becomes an idol. And part of the purpose of Sabbath isn't just rest so that our bodies feel good. It's to remember like the work is done by Christ and the Holy Spirit. It's not done by me. So I can't accomplish my own spiritual transformation. That has to come as a result of what Jesus did and that resurrected savior. It's got nothing to do with me other than I need to cooperate with the process. Right. I'd love to shift to speak of Paul's mentee. So Paul, he was a first century church planner. He wrote a lot of right. the, the New Testament and his mentee, he was pastoring a church in Ephesus where it was just a mess. His mentor is in prison, going to be executed actually. And so you can just imagine, like for, I've been in leadership positions where there's been conflict and division and chaos and triangulation and it, my anxiety, like that's not a fun place And so this is the situation, Tim, and with persecution on that, Tim, his name is Timothy, was in, and speaking to him in verse seven, Paul wrote, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I think there's so much, as, as I read that, I think about what you were saying, Becky, but God replaces our weakness with his strength, our our fatigue with renewed vigor, our discouragement, our fear with grit and with courage, our pull towards temptation, towards sin, with really increased love for Jesus Christ and with freedom. I want to emphasize to our listeners, however, that this is a lifelong journey, right? Like, it's not like the minute you, you say, okay, I, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And he's like, boom. I mean, we do receive the Holy Spirit in an instant, but it's almost like I'm trying to think of how to, well, maybe this, maybe this would be, cause I used to be a runner and your body has to grow accustomed to using fuel effectively. And I, I feel like it's the same with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And it's a continual yielding to the Holy Spirit, you know, but I I love that you said that it's a lifelong journey because it is. And, you know, everybody that has walked with the Lord for years and years and years will tell you that, right? They never, we don't fully arrive until we get to heaven and we're made complete and perfect in Jesus. However, here on earth, it is going to be a bit of a struggle, which means we have to continually yield and position ourselves in such a way that we say, Holy Spirit, take over, take over my mind, take over my thoughts. I think a big temptation in this day and age is I see, I don't know what you're seeing, Jen, but I see people's minds being attacked in that Satan will start with his blah, blah, blah. You know, you're no good. You're not worth it. You're not accomplishing enough. You maybe you're a failure, you know? And so How do we deal with those messages? We learn how to claim what Christ has already promised us. So maybe your prayer is, Lord Jesus, today, I bow before you. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. I praise you for your perfect provision in this day. He has provided everything we need for life and godliness, right? He clothes us in his righteousness. So he says, you are completely whole. You know, Satan may throw old sins at you while you were 
this or you did that. Well, that's not true because we're clothed in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when God looks at us, he sees the perfection of Jesus on us. And that's startling, you know, but then as we continue to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, we say, Holy Spirit, make your fruit evident in my life. Um, fill me with yourself, or maybe if you're needing wisdom, Lord, fill me with the spirit of wisdom in this moment so that I do everything to glorify you. But it is a lifelong journey. Right. And learning like, so we're not, we're going to stumble even there's so many times when I will pause and I will pray and I'm getting better, Becky, but especially if I'm in a like relationally challenging situation and I will Uh begin with prayer but then next thing I know I'm in the middle of the conversation and maybe something triggers me and all of a sudden I have left the Holy Spirit (laughs) like it's it's (laughs) Jen running forward and I also I have a tendency to where I was thinking again because I've been in John 13 but of the two sides of the coin like we can know our assignment right yes but that doesn't mean we should run like that doesn't mean God's saying go now, right? Like Jesus knew who had betrayed him and he knew what was before him, but he wasn't on the cross yet. Like he wasn't moving forward and he wasn't resurrected yet. And my one of my difficulties of living in resurrection power is that I am impatient. And so I might sense God's assignment in a certain area. But then I assume, and I, and I just run ahead and I assume like, okay, well, that means I need to push this forward. I need to go. And then that is when a lot of times I, and then I'm like, well, why don't, why, why did I react in a way I didn't want? Or why did this not turn out how I wanted? And it's because I, I didn't live in the resurrection power in that moment. You know, the resurrection power of Jesus allows us to wait on him for timing, you know, um, as I think about the tomb, you know, as we head into Easter, you know, I, I love Easter. It's probably my favorite holiday of the year. And I think about God let the disciples sorrow for three days. Yes. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like he raised Jesus. Boom. As soon as he was dead, he could have brought him back to life minutes later. Instead, God had this perfect timing and part of our ability to live in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is learning step-by-step, moment-by-moment, how to trust God's timing. And I think for most of us, that's a huge challenge because we like fast. We like hurry. We like to drive fast. We like the shortest line at Starbucks or Target. And we like to do everything fast. We want immediate satisfaction. You know, I think we're the cell phone age, right? So we we like to get text messages back right away, or we throw our dinner in the microwave and 30 seconds later, it's ready. But a huge part of our spiritual transformation, one of the most important keys, I think, is learning to trust God's timing and to slow down enough to allow the Holy Spirit 
to shape and form us into the image of Jesus. Yeah. And for me, growing more comfortable with being uncomfortable. When we're in that place of sorrow, if we're in God's will, we're still living in resurrection power and being comfortable, kind of piggybacking on what you said about waiting, but recognizing that our pain doesn't necessarily mean we need to push forward. Yeah. And I think we have bought into this lie because the resurrection is so powerful, because it's so hopeful, like, okay, I can't be living in resurrection power when I'm sad. And yet Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, right? And and so it, we've kind of duped ourselves into thinking we have to be happy, clappy all the time. Right, right. And that's not that's not really biblical. I mean, Jesus says in this life, you are going to have trouble. Right. right. And we don't like that part. And yet that part is refining us as we learn to live in the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. Jesus had to go through the cross before he was raised from the dead. Very good point. And I would love to actually, we're going to make this a two-part episode to our listeners. So in the next episode, I would really love to talk about really what it looks to live in that place. And so we will, Becky, I hope you'll join me again. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll be back. Well, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.